That's weird. That's fucking weird. We should probably talk about it. There's a mystery here. All right. Do you want to start for real? Uh, Yeah, let's do it. Okay. We're doing it. <laughs> We're doing it. Here we are. Welcome to That's Weird. Uh, I'm Ashley. I'm Christy. And this is that podcast that we stopped doing, but we're back. Uh, we got bored, to tell you the <laughs> truth, because we're, we're social distancing. I hope you're social distancing and listen to our podcast while you social distance. Yeah, absolutely. It's weird times. Call for weird podcasts to come back from the dead. So that's I what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, episode 101. It's only been like two months since we left you but now we yeah we've got some extra time because we're uh social distancing and self-isolating and self-quarantining staying at home a lot is what i'm trying to say we're trapped indoors please send help until then please enjoy <laughs> one of us is stuck in the epicenter of the american outbreak of coronavirus so Indeed, I do need help. Uh, <laughs> if someone could send me some hand sanitizer. That would be great. <laughs> that would be amazing, honey. Amazing. But yeah, we're going to do this episode all about weird pandemics and the conspiracy theories around the one that we're currently living in because hella timely and because we missed you, weirdos. Yeah, all of that is true. I agree. <laughs> Uh, do you want to go first? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so I um, I love the conspiracy theories. So I did a little bit of a dive on all of the coronavirus, aka COVID nineteen, aka whatever else it's called. What are we? I you know it has so many names now. I think here's my personal conspiracy theory. Before. When it was first starting, we all called it coronavirus. Then suddenly mm -hmm. everyone switched to COVID-19 or however you say it. Mm -hmm. I think it's because everyone got tired of the corona jokes. <laughs> Did corona send out a cease and desist? They were like, <laughs> leave us out of it. They were like, can everyone please stop fucking say I'll take a corona, hold the virus. <laughs> Let's just change the name. I do like calling them corona conspiracies, though. That just flows off the tongue it's true love it there's another name for it that's like sars 2 dash some numbers it's like a right yeah it's it's um a derivative of that kind of a a disease yeah it's bizarre but yeah i want to hear about these conspiracy theories okay first of all this is what makes me mad about these conspiracy theories a lot of the conspiracy theories are not coming from just like a weird youtuber or someone who's well, I won't say someone who's certifiably insane, but like someone who like everybody knows is like, okay, that guy is just something's off. Um, and that's all they do is conspiracy theories. Like these, these are coming from like Republican uh, political leaders. These are coming from our Fox fucking News. president. Like it, it's, it's insane. Yeah. It's not okay. So the main conspiracy theory, of course, as with most viruses, is that it originated in a lab. Um, and there is a lab, like a virology lab in Wuhan, 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 China. But like, first of all, just up top, it didn't come from a lab. Like they've done like genetic um, analysis on it. And most of the people who 
know all of the people who have actually are scientists and studied it have looked at it and said like yeah it's kind of it's too like novel and funky and just sort of like organic if you will in the way that it's developed that it's like why would if a human designed a virus it wouldn't look like this like no one would design a virus and set it up this way it's it's just so obvious that it came from nature and just developed in that way. Right. So depending on who's spreading the theory, the thought is it escaped after it escaped from the lab after either a being bioengineered as a weapon or B being isolated for study from animals. Ooh, I've heard that one a bunch that it was like created and Mm -hmm. like as a, as a weapon essentially. Which one of the things that I was reading was like, it's a terrible bioweapon. There are so many things that are better than this. Like it spreads a lot and not to, I don't want to spread misinformation and continue saying like, oh, it's just a flu. But like if you're trying to actually like hurt a population, there are so many other things that you could have picked that aren't like, hey, this is a weird virus and it you're fine for several weeks so it spreads for a while and then it can get pretty bad but if you're young you'll you'll probably make it right like uh it's just like it's a bad pick so that's really really super unlikely as a choice but yeah there is a virology lab it's a coincidence and the person who runs that lab was like this is upsetting and also we're trying to work on this to like help people why are you spreading rumors like it originated here um also I said I wasn't really going to touch on this but I (laughs) of course people are racist so there's and I'll go into this a little bit more just because I found some interesting information but there's obviously the idea that Chinese people eat anything so somebody in China ate something weird and it spread the virus to them um and so Stemming off of that, there was also a rumor that the person who runs the lab in Wuhan was isolating the virus by studying animals, and then they sold the dead animals they were studying with the virus to a meat market. Oh, yikes. Which I just... Why would you do? No one would do that. Even That's, even if they had yeah. the most evil intentions and were like, yes, we're going to isolate this to like kill Americans or whatever. Like they wouldn't be like, well, I'm done with this. Uh, I guess I'll just sell it for people to eat. Also, who like what butcher would get their meat from a lab? Like what? Yeah. Like you're I just business is not going to be strong for very long if you're buying. Nobody's. I just I know that people can be very, very dumb, but I don't believe collectively that anyone is that dumb. I do believe that people, particularly racist Republicans, are dumb enough to act like that's a possibility. But I don't know. I just think that's just batshit insane. The other thing is. And I couldn't find a source on this. It's not a widespread thing, but I swear to God, I read a Reddit comment that was saying this as a conspiracy theory is some people online believe that the Chinese government manufactured this virus in order to cull the population because they couldn't afford to support as many old people as there were in China. Fuck. Which is batshit because it tanked their economy. Like... 
if you can't afford people, why would you do something that would shut down regular life for so long? Like, I just don't believe anyone would be like, this is a great idea. (laughs) Right. Nor are there like, if someone's that diabolical, do they really have the resources, the time, the money, like the, the know-how to make all of that happen, you know? Um, yes. Also, the Chinese government has, because our government has been like, yeah, definitely escaped from a lab in China. The Chinese government or someone within it has also spread a counter rumor conspiracy theory that's like, actually, it probably came out of an American lab and it probably came from an American soldier uh, who was stationed somewhere in China. So, <laughs> so we got it on both ends. Everybody's just blaming everybody else. And then actual real scientists are like, no, you guys, it probably just like it came from an animal and came from like anyone having any contact with an animal. Like that's how it jumps. You right. know, maybe somebody got bitten by a bat or something. Another thing I read was that scientists suspect that it came from snakes, probably, in the first place. This is why I, I wanted to bring up the the whole, like, Chinese people will eat anything angle, is that uh, I just thought it was very interesting. In the article that I read, someone commented on it and was like, that's not fucking true. It's like, it's it's just more complicated than that. Basically, all my life, it's been, like, a very common, like, casually racist joke that, you know, Chinese people will eat whatever thing that you pick. Dogs, cats, bats, whatever, pangolins. And the thing is, like, that sort of comes from, like, it's just different culturally because especially sort of recently people in China have, like, this cultural history around, like, famine and food shortages and like a value that they put on being able to feed themselves and like have food to eat and so by extension that's extended to some people just eating like weird stuff but it's like for the sake of eating weird stuff it's just like eating things that are seen as exotic for some people in Chinese culture has just extended to like sort of a a personality thing or like a you know like a hobby that people do um just out of that culture of like a history of like placing so much I have value on being able to eat because of like a history of famine in in recent times like I think as recently as like the 80s that was when that huge famine happened so I don't know I'm not a great historian on Chinese history but I did think that was a really interesting thing because like Americans I think have this perception And someone from China that was commenting on that was like culturally, basically from what I got from it was saying like, I mean, some Chinese people will eat weird things, but it's basically just weirdos eating weird things because they're weird. Like that's their thing. Right. I mean, how many TV shows do we have about people eating gross shit? Yeah, I mean, we have that too. And people all over eat weird shit just for the sake of eating weird shit. And I think in America, when people do it, it's out of this the motivation of like, uh, we can do anything. We're so privileged that like, why don't I eat a pangolin? Like that kind of stuff. Aw, yeah. Yeah, that kind of thing. It's just, I don't know. It's It's interesting because like when it's put in that context, it's like, oh yeah, we have that too. Like, why don't we recognize that that's just a thing and instead we've extended it to just an entire culture of people so that i thought that was interesting just because that's 
such a common thing that people think. And uh, now that everyone's being super racist about this virus, it's like a reason that people think it's spread. And it's like, that's actually, it's probably not even a factor. It is a really important conversation to have. And like, you should think about it, like be more thoughtful about the way you think of other cultures, especially before you say something out loud or tweet it. Uh, I just think that's a good rule of thumb in general. Like do some research, talk to someone who actually lives there or is from there. Like our factory farming here in the United States is absolutely appalling, but that's something that people overlook a lot because they like hamburgers. Like it's Oh, God. Factory farming in the U.S. is horrifying. And we're the ones that started it. And we are the worst of it. Exactly. So just like it's like glass houses. Don't throw rocks at glass houses. You know, we've got our own shit here as well. So, yeah, it's it's an important thing to pay attention to and think about, because if you catch yourself saying some shit about this, you might come off as super racist. Because you are. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. If you're saying racist shit because you believe it, it turns out you are. But anyway, uh, here's some more conspiracy theories, (laughs) because I am not done. Uh, Here's another one, similar to the, like, lab release. Uh, Some people think that it's been out since 2018. It's somehow Bill Gates' fault, uh, because the government and Big Pharma released the virus in order to make money off the vaccine, which, I mean... (laughs) How can you do that if there's no vaccine? Yeah, well, but also, like, they definitely are, like, tying up um, the ability to, like, research and develop a vaccine in patent court right now. And it's our fault. Out of greed. 100%, yes. So I could see it. But also, it's not Bill Gates' fault. The reason why people think it's Bill Gates' fault is because of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and also because of his advocacy um, earlier, there was a specific speech that gets cited basically anytime anyone has a virus theory that has to do with vaccines, where he's basically saying like, hey, you know, a pandemic at this point with how global things are and the way that travel is so easy is inevitable. We should be much better prepared than we are. And you know what? He's right. So fuck you. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, he has a whole uh, TED talk about that. It's like the next pandemic, we're not ready or the next outbreak or something. We're not ready. People are like, oh, he was right. Yeah. But some people have taken that to mean like, oh, he was trying to make a profit off of it like I don't know <laughs> I I don't know but that's that's another and also here are some fun ones uh one did Dean Koontz predict the coronavirus <laughs> he wrote in a novel in 1981 uh that has like a bioweapon involved called Wuhan 400 but that's where the similarity stops also, The Simpsons did it is a thing because uh, there's an episode where there's like an outbreak of a mysterious disease and someone has a screen grab of that where there's a reporter commenting on coronavirus. Um, but surprise, uh, that's a shopped picture taken from a still from an episode that isn't even the episode about the virus in the show. Man, The Simpsons does everything. I mean, usually. The Simpsons does do everything. Yeah. And that's it. That that was long. Um and a lot. Uh, <laughs> and a lot. And- <laughs> I don't know if this counts as a conspiracy theory, but I saw that people are saying that this virus is the Earth's response to climate change. And it's like purifying itself by getting rid of us. I feel like that's such a the oldest like you know, I'm 14 and this is deep take on humans is like 
humans are just a virus that infected the earth. That's why we have like, I don't know, diseases and natural disasters. It's the earth's immune system. Like, okay, sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. But also sure. with people traveling less, uh, Maybe air quality will get better or something. It definitely already has. Like, the sky has been the most blue I've ever seen it in L.A. today. Wow. Just following, like, way less cars and a couple days of rain. It's beautiful out here. (laughs) It's gorgeous from inside my house. It's gorgeous. It's stunning. (laughs) This self-isolation is beautiful. It's wonderful. I love it. Yeah. Uh, so this episode, uh, we're going to do kind of like a mini-sode. And if you never heard one of our mini-sodes, they were all on Patreon. And what we do is kind of go back and forth and tell each other stories. And they're usually shorter than regular episode topics. Um, but this is just like some weird one-off episode. So we're going to go as long as we want and talk about whatever we want. So, yeah. So listen or don't, but what else are you going to do? <laughs> You're stuck we know you in, have time. Yeah, you're stuck in your house for weeks, maybe months. You'll get to it eventually. <laughs> you're going to listen, and you're going to find that you like it by the end. <laughs> so Christy talked about the corona conspiracies. I'm going to tell you about some weird pandemic history in the form of the story about typhoid Mary. Ooh, I feel like this is very topical because... There are definitely some typhoid Marys out there just going to the bar. Oh, my God. Seriously, looking into this, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Has no one heard of this before? Why are you being a Mary? Why are you being a Mary? (laughs) Stop being a Mary. For once, no one wants to be a Mary. Be the Rhoda, okay? (laughs) Or really, they're like typhoid Karens and typhoid Blakes, Jakes. Typhoid Chad. Chad. Oh, typhoid Chad. Get out of here. (laughs) Unbelievable. So, yeah, Mary Mallon, a.k.a. Mary Brown, also known as Typhoid Mary, was an Irish cook back in the early 1900s. She moved to New York to work as a hired cook or chef or whatever for families that could afford to have that, which is very fancy. So fancy. Unless that was a common practice and it cost like 10 cents or something. But it seems like that must have been just like upper class people. I'm picturing like Downton Abbey style where it's like when the lesser noblemen people are like we're actually like sort of middle class or poor now but we're not giving up servants so we just have one cook and one maid. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's that seems to be the case. So Mary was a personal chef, a, a family cook and in 1900 uh, the family that she worked for in New York, the first one, They developed typhoid fever after just two weeks of her being there employed. Oh, no. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, typhoid fever is a bacterial infection caused by a specific type of salmonella, which sounds gross. Mm -hmm. Uh, Symptoms include fever, obviously, headache, stomach pain, weakness, and either constipation or diarrhea. It could go both ways. (laughs) Oh, no. And in 1901, Mary moved on to a new family where soon members developed fevers and diarrhea and even their laundress, which was another job you could have back then. uh, She apparently died after being sick from the fever. No. Yeah. Uh, And then Mary's next job caused seven 
out of a total of eight family members to become ill in one household. She was that powerful. Uh, And this continued on and on for at least seven years. She just hopped from family to family. Damn, Mary. I know. How do you not... A little well, self- they didn't have germ theory back then, or at least like somebody who's a cook. It's not like she's a scientist. That's true, but a little self. Like I know that a lot of like people on Instagram love to be like baking is a science, but like she's not gonna understand what's happening to her. <laughs> probably, probably very true. So yeah, she bounced from at least seven different families for seven different years. Uh, probably more families than that, actually. First of all, though, like who's hiring her? Like if you interviewed someone and was like what was your last job oh every the whole family died they all died of a mysterious illness right i don't understand why would you be like great come prepare my food it really must have been like either not a big deal like everyone got sick and died or she didn't bring it up i don't know it's it's just as soon as people got sick she'd be like all right i'm leaving i don't <laughs> very very bizarre Uh, Finally, a typhoid researcher started to investigate the apparent typhoid epidemic that was happening in the New York area, and he found the same details in each case that he was studying. The family had recently hired a female cook from Ireland named Mary. (laughs) And the weird thing was that, like, Mary remained completely healthy during this time. She got everyone else sick, but she was never sick herself. She showed no symptoms. Wow. Which is, like, again... I was going to say, topical... That's totally possible with the coronavirus stuff. Exactly. Especially if you're younger and it doesn't hit you as hard. Like, you don't even feel sick. You don't even show symptoms. And you're just bouncing around, going to the bar and the club and the store and blah, blah, blah. I'm worried. Uh, You should be worried. We'll be fine. (laughs) We'll We'll be fine. (laughs) I I don't know, Christy. I don't know if we're going to be fine. (laughs) To be quite honest. Uh, I think we'll be okay. I actually did exhibit, maybe that's not the right word. I did, um, no, I don't have any symptoms, but I did do a little high risk behavior in that I went to a concert with 7,000 people. (laughs) Oh my God. But it was before they canceled concerts. So, you know, and I brought hand sanitizer. So basically you're typhoid Mary. You're like, I don't understand. And then you just bring typhoid home to everyone. Look, I don't talk to or interact with any babies or any old people so leave me alone (laughs) that's fair and i haven't left my house since (laughs) uh where was i oh yeah this researcher that found mary out he tried to contact her several times but she refused to work with him uh she wouldn't give up urine samples which fair enough like a guy is some random dude is like i want to study you give me your urine ma'am please could you pee in this cup (laughs) she was like absolutely not but she wouldn't answer any of his questions like she wouldn't cooperate at all you think you'd be a little curious and then maybe a light bulb would go off and be like oh yeah so that's why everyone i work for gets sick but that i mean she probably wouldn't want to get in trouble that's true uh because she did get in trouble but it was because she wasn't cooperating oh yeah well (laughs) uh apparently yeah like word of her situation all the families the outbreak the researcher that got out somehow it became a big story Mm -hmm. story in the media and that's when she got the nickname typhoid mary that sucks for her but also that does suck nobody nobody wants to call the typhoid anything but no again she was just like in denial, refused to see that there was something going on. 
so to make a really long story short, uh, she was eventually arrested for this. And while in prison, she was forced to give stool and urine samples, finally, which sounds horrible. And she was then held in isolation at a clinic for three years. Wow. Yeah, that's rough. Like, imagine if we're in uh, self what, social distancing, self-isolation for like three years. That would be rough. So the New York City health inspector confirmed that she was indeed a carrier of typhoid fever, but still Mary refused to believe this. She wouldn't listen to anyone. She didn't want to give up working as a cook either, which is probably why she was in isolation for so long, because that became mm -hmm. the condition of her release was that she had oh. to stop cooking. <laughs> yeah. She was like, what the fuck else am I going to do? And they're like, I don't know, not kill people. <laughs> I mean, that is true. Like back then, I don't know. If you could jump from career to career that easily, if that's all she knew how to do. Yeah. Uh, finally, she did say, fine, I will change my occupation if you let me out of this fucking place. And they believed her and she was free to go. And as far as we know, she spent the next seven years uh, actually cooking, not cooking. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, uh, she seemed to work as a laundress for that time, not infecting people, which is interesting because oh, she was doing their laundry. That's good. Well, yeah, because you don't eat laundry. <laughs> Touche. And Christine, like her hands are going to be constantly washed. Oh, that's true. Maybe that was the best career path for her then. Because <laughs> I think that was an issue. Uh, and after seven years as a laundress, Mary decided she's going to go back to what she loved, cooking. <laughs> oh, no, Mary. Mary. This is when she changed her name to Mary Brown, but she still kept Mary. As Come on. Anyway, she started working for new families and everywhere she worked there were more outbreaks of typhoid fever it just happened again because of course Mary, it did Mary, why girl <laughs> and in uh 1915 she actually got 25 people sick at one place she was working at a hospital for women which also sounds horrifying everything about the story is my worst nightmare Yep. <laughs> uh, and two of those people that were sick actually died. And so that led to Mary being arrested again and quarantined. Good. Yeah. And then she remained wow. in isolation until 1938. That's when she died of pneumonia, not typhoid. <laughs> wow. Yeah. She was immune from that shit. That's wild. So apparently they tried to make her get her gallbladder removed multiple times over the years as a way of stopping her typhoidness uh hmm. i guess that's where it lives in your gallbladder interesting yeah uh, of course she refused that she said no thanks and i really thought that was kind of like a fucked up detail until i read that in her post-mortem investigation they did find live typhoid bacteria in her gallbladder wow so they were right yeah but can you live without a gallbladder and if yeah. so is that even like a good life yeah i know lots of people that have my dad doesn't have a gallbladder and also a friend of mine in seattle doesn't have a gallbladder wow it just it helps you digest like oils and stuff like it's i think your body adjusts a little bit but you can't happily eat as much things that are like really oily basically interesting huh mm -hmm. who knew you knew so many gallbladderless people i know mm, that's <laughs> that's my weird fact for the day uh, wow. <laughs> and if you're wondering exactly how she spread this disease to everyone so easily, according to our favorite source, Wikipedia, typhoid, quote, is spread by eating or drinking food or water contaminated with the feces of an infected person. Risk factors include poor sanitation and poor hygiene. 
She was not washing her hands. She was not. And I know it was the early 1900s, but like people still bathed and washed their hands, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I Probably. think so. <laughs> well, this is, I mean, you'd think that you'd wash your hands a little bit while you were cooking. You you would think that. You would. But no. Uh, this must have been before all those rules, regulations. Yeah. Uh, health code. Oh, absolutely. There's <laughs> there's no such thing as health code violations there. Just the whole world was a health code violation. Oh, 100%. But yeah, that's uh, that's the story around Typhoid Mary. And if that doesn't give you pause about going around with your imaginary fucking coronavirus symptoms that you don't have yet, I hope it does. Because what the fuck? Damn. This is why I always wash my hands if I'm going to like prepare food that other people are going to eat. Even if it's just like in my house, because I feel like when you're just walking around your own house, like you feel clean, like you don't feel like you have to wash your hands if you've just been sitting around on the couch or something. But like you have to, you guys. Yeah, it's a really good habit to get in. And also now we have to because of the pandemic. <laughs> but also now you like really have to. It's <laughs> now you like really need to, especially men. Men do not wash their hands. Oh, my God. I saw a thread about that. I was just like, what the fuck? That's disgusting. They're literally going into a public restroom, which is filled with germs and disgusting, holding on to their own wieners, peeing <laughs> everywhere and then not washing their hands. You have to be fucking kidding me. I you know what? All these years, I've been thinking like, wow, how come men's restrooms are so empty? How come they get in and out so fast? It's because they're not fucking washing their hands. They're just peeing and going. Now you fucking know. Ew. It's so upsetting. And then they touch our hands. They touch everything. They touch things they're not supposed to touch. And it's the worst. (laughs) The worst. I'm appalled and disgusted. Men, get your shit together. And then wash it off your hands. Please. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh, so gross. Horrifying. <laughs> anyway, it's your turn again. Okay. I picked a, f- uh, mm, I hesitate to say fun one because it's not fun or funny that this <laughs> happened, but I picked one that I remember talking about when I was a kid and that was like a little bit lighter than others. And it was called Pokemon Shock. <laughs> I'm so glad that you're going to talk about Pokemon Shock. (laughs) (laughs) Which, again, just to be clear, basically what happened is a bunch of kids got epileptic seizures after a particularly erratic flashing light episode of Pokemon in 1997. And I do not think it's funny that that happened to those poor, poor kids. But I do think that it's funny that there's something called Pokemon Shock. Absolutely. Is that okay to say? <laughs> yes, I, I feel like it is. I mean, it's been like referenced in like culture and that kind of stuff. Like, and it it's probably the only reason why I knew what epilepsy was uh, at an early age. It's um, it was about the age that I should have been watching Pokemon if I had been watching Pokemon because I would have been like seven. But I wasn't watching Pokemon, so I just had to hear about it. But it only aired in Japan. Oh, wow. Basically, there was an episode where, like, Pikachu fought some Pokemon, and because of all the flash effects that they had on the TV with Pikachu, then 685 viewers were taken to the hospitals 
and two of them were hospitalized for more than two weeks. That's a lot. Yeah. Wow. And it's actually like, you know, those like things on Instagram where people have a little like thing on their forehead and it changes really fast. Mm -hmm. Some of those same principle, they do that too. Those filters do that? Those Some of those filters can trigger uh, like an epileptic seizure just like this Pokemon episode did because of the rapidly changing flashing lights. Yikes. That's crazy. Uh-huh. I know. So be careful with those if you have friends that are epileptic because uh, it gives no warning. But the, because of this, because there were so many like issues and because of the the strobe light effect that was in it. It also just like made some people just feel like headache, dizzy, nausea from all of the, the strobe lights. I don't think it was necessarily everyone who, not everyone who was affected, like had um, photosensitive epilepsy is what it's called. But a lot of them just still like were affected by that because I don't know, turns out like you're not supposed to just stare at that. Um, <laughs> turns out. Yeah. It says 12,000 children who were not sent to the hospital reported mild symptoms of illness as well. However, those symptoms were closely, like it says they more closely resembled a mass hysteria rather than a seizure. So a very small percentage of those kids actually had seizures, epileptic seizures. And then the rest of them that had to go to the hospital had like dizziness, nausea, headaches, faintness, that kind of stuff. And then thousands 12,000 kids were like yeah it's affecting me too wow but it wasn't it was too mild to like do that it's pretty crazy how uh contagious mass hysteria is (laughs) or I guess how contagious hysteria is well and I remember even in America where they didn't have it play I remember hearing about it and then what I was told about it was like not necessarily anything about epilepsy, but just that um, it would give you a seizure if you watched it. So if you, if that kind of information is being spread to like 12,000 children and then they see that and it does make them feel kind of funny anyway, then they're probably like, I'm having a seizure. I'm sick. This is happening to me. Yeah. The power of persuasion. Mm-hmm. Because the way that it was uh, rumored about it that was told was that this thing will trigger a seat just a seizure no matter what in anyone it's actually just that you'll get a seizure if you have photosensitive epilepsy but it definitely made people feel sick and feel weird and then after that they've never put that episode out ever again and then following that like there were guidelines for animated programs and things especially in japan and also like some other places have this as well where it's like you can't have flashing images especially with red and they shouldn't flicker faster than three times per second is the rate or if it doesn't have red it shouldn't flicker faster than five times per second that's like the rate that is safe you can't have flashing images for a total more than two seconds and then if you have like stripes whirls concentric circles it can't take up a large part of the television screen anymore wow because those like flickering changes made people feel sick and triggered some epilepsy things. I always see those signs at concerts about like light shows and stuff like that. Yeah, same thing. Uh, except it was in a animated show and 
I don't think they gave anybody a warning about it. And then like the reaction was so massive that they were like, all right, well, we have to set some rules and change this. And also it's been referenced. Oops, sorry. It's I burped. <laughs> it's been referenced in The Simpsons, in South Park, in um, a couple other like things that I haven't seen or read. But yeah, it's crazy because it's definitely real. Like some people totally do get seizures triggered by that. But also part of it is just like it also just if you're not susceptible to seizures, it can just make you feel bad, Mm -hmm. I guess. And then also it's just like that combined with the narrative of like this episode will give you a seizure like an urban legend. Right. Kind of had so many, so many people um talking about it and saying that they were sick because of it well much like you know people without gallbladders i know people with epilepsy and yeah it's totally a trigger that they have to be more aware of at all times which is trippy and wild yeah that would be hard because yeah you if you something just flashes like you have no warning that you're just suddenly like looking at it i it makes me wonder like if like emergency vehicles with flashing red lights have a certain regulation where they can't have it flash in a certain way or at a certain frequency. Mm, that's an interesting thought because you think that would have to. Because imagine be having in. epilepsy yeah. that's triggered by that and just walking down the street and then a fire truck passes and has its flashing light and that triggers a seizure. And then the same fire truck with the flashing light has to come back and like treat you. It's like, oh. We got another one. Better turn around. Yeah, that's... Yeah, it makes me think that they have to have some kind of regulation to prevent that. It would just be stupid not to. I would really hope so, yeah. Since it's like a known factor. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's mine. It like sounds cute, (laughs) but it's not cute. (laughs) But it's one of those weird pandemics, epidemics, whatever, that uh, have happened over the years. Like we covered the dancing plague of... 1518 or whatever a long time ago on the show and that's a Mm -hmm. a similar one where it's like these people were inflicted with dancing (laughs) and it was killing them right and it's like i'm sure it was a real thing for some people but other people they've just been like told like this is gonna make you dance until you die and they're like i guess that's what i'm doing (laughs) sign me up (laughs) anyway that's mine just just a little bit of Pokemon history, if you will. I love that. You should always bring Pokemon history to uh, conversations and podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) Any chance I get. (laughs) Well, I was super excited to look up more information about Plague Doctors, which is something that I know about, but have never really learned more about. Mm -hmm. They're those spooky old timey dudes that wear like the black robe and what Kind of looks like a big bird mask, if you're not familiar. Oh, yeah. They're so spooky. Very spooky. They have, like, a super pointy beak. They definitely kind of just look like the Grim Reaper, but as a bird. (laughs) Yeah. Usually that mask, that pointy beak is, like, white or some kind of bone color, which is just adds to the spookiness. Mm -hmm. And um, it turns out that plague doctors are indeed actual physicians, But typically, they were the doctors who, like, couldn't get a good doctor job. They weren't surgeons or anything. Um, Most of them weren't even super experienced in their doctoring or or in their field of medicine, I should say. Yeah, they were, like, the young ones who didn't have a real job yet 
or the ones who couldn't get a decent job. That's crazy. I didn't know that. At least that's the slander I found on Wikipedia. I don't know if it's accurate. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that kind of makes sense. Like if you can just like get a good good wage cutting off healthy people's legs, why would you face the plague? Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, it wasn't like a great job. Uh no. It seems rough. And I guess they rarely cured patients that just wasn't something they were good at. They were more there to record how many people were contaminated. And mm. well, yeah, they were shit doctors. How are they going <laughs> to cure anybody? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but what's good, I guess, is that because the city hired plague doctors and they were the ones paying them, they were able to treat everyone and not just the rich, which is where all the nice doctors go. This is what's going to happen. Yeah, this is just 2020 America. Restaurants are just going to get recruited as nurses and they're going to be like, all right, well, what do you want me to do? I guess. And it'll just be like, just write this down and also give them a cold compress. I don't know. Yeah. Have you tried a pickleback for this? I hear that it does wonders. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I'm dying. Make me a quarantini. (laughs) Yes. Ew. The quarantini looks disgusting. Uh, At least the one I saw because emergency was a main ingredient and that's just nasty. Oh, no. Anyway, I'm offended by this, but please continue the plague doctoring. Okay. So when I wrote this out, I put quotes around the words treat and treated uh, because their form of treatment was mostly just advice and sometimes bloodletting with like leeches. I guess that's good for some things. There is an episode of Grey's Anatomy in which a man had like frostbite or something and he got a new nose and they put the leeches on it to like get the blood flowing. (laughs) Oh, okay. But I don't know back then if that was useful, especially for the plague. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they'd also just tell people to drink more water and get some fresh air, which isn't bad advice. It's good advice, but like, <laughs> duh. And it, again, does not heal you from the plague. <laughs> oh, my God. Just drink some water. Stay hydrated, baby. That's what they said. And then they put a threw a peace sign and left. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what happened. Were they all from L.A.? I don't understand. Yes. (laughs) Uh, And they were uh, a really big deal during the bubonic plague, a.k.a. the Black Death, which sounds so metal and so cool, but was actually horrifying. Uh, Was not cool, but still very metal. (laughs) Yes, that's true. Um, The Black Death killed 75 to 200 million people in Europe. that's a shit ton and also that happened in the 1300s which i mean i don't judge me but i didn't know that 1300s that's a very long time ago (laughs) that is a long time ago just again this is just something i've always wanted to do research about and if i did learn about it in school i don't fucking remember it but (laughs) now it's there in the brain noodle wow uh yeah what else what else oh plague doctors were uh super valuable back then during you know plague times uh mainly because they were allowed to perform autopsies on the dead and it was in the name of finding a cure they were doing research and they were the only ones that could kind of get close enough to those bodies to do it uh, because they had their special costume or garments kept them somewhat safe from infection or at least that's what they thought um Mm. the suit was made out of wax or some kind of waxy material the mask had glass for the eyes and the beak shaped nose was filled with herbs and spices so that they didn't have to smell 
dead stuff. This sounds insane. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you are not wrong. Like I've seen pictures and I sort of knew that, but also just like what? Right. It, this is the most bananas thing that someone created. They're like, yeah, we got regular doctors, but we need like weird special doctors that wear a mask and can like. And who like, honestly, like it must have been just an ancestor of like someone who was born to be a contestant on Project Runway <laughs> who designed this. They're like, you know, what's a great idea? Like times are scary. Everything's kind of spooky. Let's get our doctors to look like scary human-sized death crows. <laughs> Seriously, I would someone have like a nightmare and they were like, "Actually, that's a good idea." <laughs> like, that's a good idea. There's plenty of room for herbs and spices in that scary beak. <laughs> herbs and spices. <laughs> Sorry, I love it. Um also they carried around canes so that they could examine people without physically touching them. So they were just poking folks and being like, "Go outside, get some fresh air." <laughs> <laughs> so despite the precautions that these plague doctors took with their special garments, they couldn't really interact with the general public. So not only was this not a great job, but you were kind of giving up your social life because you couldn't hang out with healthy people. You had right. You had to spend most of your time with sick people, dead people, or other plague doctors because you were just covered in germs, and oh. you were you were a walking plague that could easily pass a germ onto the next person and get them sick. Like a scary crow-looking harbinger of death, motherfucker. That's who you were. That's who you motherfucking were. And speaking of, uh, I guess Nostradamus was a plague doctor. Really? Did you know that? Yeah. No, but that's that sounds so on brand. Right? And also, no wonder he, like, he predicted so many things. He probably had so much free time with no friends. Exactly. Just hold up by himself wearing his big beak mask. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, he was apparently a plague doctor and foretold ways to prevent the plague, which obviously didn't work out. Yeah, clearly. Clearly. So, yeah, there you go. The more you know. Or maybe he said it and, no, and everyone was like, nah, it's fine. I'm going to the bar for St. Patrick's Day. That sounds very accurate. <laughs> Human's gonna human. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. I know. That's I keep kind of, by the time this episode is released, we might be in a shelter in place situation in Seattle. I don't know. Oh, no. But I'm surprised you aren't already, actually. Like, even San Francisco already is. Yeah. I know. San Francisco really jumped to that. They said, fuck this shit. You're not allowed to yeah. leave. <laughs> LA is pretty behind. I think, I think a motivating factor in places like san francisco is just like people are keeping unnecessary businesses open for no fucking reason yeah so they were like you know what you're all closed it's fine <laughs> you're closed i mean they've closed pretty much everything in seattle and we're not supposed to go places but people still do like when i take go on my daily walk with my dog there's just cars zooming by like where are you people going what are you doing yeah. So, yeah, I kind of expect them to do it. Since we can't listen, it's going to have to be enforced. But then... Yeah, you're going to have to do something. Someone texted me. It was to be... It was my, one of my cousins that I don't talk to ever. And he was like, is it true it's martial law up in Seattle? Oh, God. Honey, no. <laughs> no. Even in San Francisco, they're like, what does this mean? And they're like, we don't want anybody to get in trouble. You can drive out and go for a hike nearby or something like you can leave your house and walk around it's just 
all the stores are closed and everything unnecessary is closed and you need to stay inside if you can. Right. And even still, you can go to the grocery store and the pharmacy. Those places are open. Yeah. Like shelter in place does not equal martial law and you're going to be okay. (laughs) It's just like, don't go traveling places. Don't have your friends over for a party. Don't go to the bar. All of your shops at the mall are closed. Just go take a walk around your neighborhood. Exactly. I don't know if that's going to happen. And I don't know where I was going with that story, but (laughs) it might happen here. We'll see. Yikes. I've been really trying to work on my my new podcast and my very important interview got pushed because we couldn't meet at the medical examiner's office. Fair Fair enough. Uh, But then I'm also pushing off like or putting off um, going to like. I have to go to the cemetery, which I think I can go to the cemetery because no one's around. Yeah. But I also need to go to a hotel downtown, which is 100% not allowed. So. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Anyway, just in limbo here. I know. Yeah. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? I guess do another <laughs> another episode of the podcast you stopped. Doing. <laughs> we're going to bring back That's Weird. We're going to bring it back. Shit. That's what I'm doing. So we're doing literally right now. Um, that's all. The, that's all the fun, weird uh pandemic history and shit that i had what about you uh yeah that's all i did i feel good about it (laughs) good (laughs) (laughs) we caught up we learned some stuff we ranted about some stuff seems on brand seems like we did a good job yeah subjects were most certainly weird it all fits absolutely and that's it i guess i don't know if we'll do this again yeah Honestly, we'll see how bored we get. <laughs> if there's, I mean, if another uh, episode idea strikes, maybe we're just going to be a surprise podcast from now on. Just dropping episodes every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> or this could be it. And we don't come back until our reunion in Salem in October. Yes. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, but thank you again for listening to us and supporting us. And anyone who's reached out. We appreciate it. We miss you too. And wash your hands. Stay safe. Yeah. And stay weird. We love you. Goodbye. Bye.